0: Got Harding University in here to the Dave Ellswick Show for our last segment. Love having Harding come in. Uh, I think it's one of the uh, kind of best-kept secrets outside of Har- of uh, Arkansas for Harding University. It's one of the most outstanding universities in the United States. They rank up there with all the other ones, all the Ivy League schools and stuff. be better if they went to Harding. They'd come out with a, a lot clearer vision of what this country needs but Andrew Baker is joining us here on the Dave Ellswick show and Andrew welcome to the show and let's talk about
1: what Harding does with the community. Well thanks uh, for the chance to be here. So Harding uh, as you've said we've been in Cersei a long time. Uh, How but, many years? Uh, well Harding started in 1924 in Moralton. Yeah, So it's been around. Been around a while and then made the move to Searcy. Uh and we've been there, but in the last couple of years, just asking some questions. uh, What does it look like in the context that we are to be a better neighbor? It's not a secret to anybody. Harding is a faith based institution. And Mm -hmm. because of what we believe, then there's a pretty high expectation. It's pretty clear from the life of Jesus, the expectation of your neighbor. Hands and feet, right? at Every time. And so what does that look like? What form can that take as a An institution, not just, you know, a lot of times people talk about what Harding does and they refer to our students, and I believe we have some of the greatest students on the planet, no doubt. But what does it look like when the whole institution leads into those issues around us? And uh, there's a lot of work written by a whole lot of different people, um, different places. Uh, Michael Lindsay at Gordon College outside of Boston, Massachusetts, writes about the significance and influence of an institution. And that institutions, when they collaborate together for greater good, it's amazing what can be done. And so for the last couple of years, we've just been asking those questions. What What could we do? What could that look like? Uh, many know the Governor Hutchinson's Restore Hope Initiative. Uh, we stepped into that spot and said, hey, we want to help. And that That's became good. first chance and second chance, what we do with those kids who are in foster care. And how can we really look at that and see more kids go home to their parents? Um, But also, see more kids find uh, stability and find it quicker. Uh, And then, this question about what we do for those who are released, you know, uh, we don't want to see people go back to jail. No. And can we resource them? Can we use the education? I tell folks there's a Harding grad uh, who's actually in Memphis. And he got to Memphis working with a church there, and that church had a GED program. And he was assigned to be responsible for the GED program. He's like, I'm not, I'm not, uh, this isn't me, I'm a preacher. And they said, no, we just need you to be the guy to make sure people show up. Uh, okay. And after about a month there, he's like, why are a bunch of people failing? Dropping out. What's up? And uh, so he went and he asked, he said to uh, the administrator of the church, like, do we know our success rate? And they said, yeah, it's 27%. Not real good. And a lot of people don't realize in the GED world, you got to take a test to get into the program. That's so that's right. people who took the test to get in the program and then, the deal. You know, but the answer he was given is, well, we're 5% better than the state program down the street. Okay. His answer was, we're both is that failing. good enough. Yeah, yeah. right. So he went back and he started asking some questions, which is one of the things we're trying to say at Harding. How can we listen better to our community around us? In listening, you're going to learn something every time. You might not always like what you learn, but you're going to learn something. And then again, because of what we believe, then in learning, we're going to love. We're called to an action. We can't just say, oh, yeah, well, that's bad, Mm -hmm. right? No, can we help? And going back to the story in Memphis, so here he is. He starts asking some questions. He starts listening, and he says— do we know when people fail? When do they drop out? What's well, week four. Went to the state program. When are your people dropping out? Week four. Well, What's week four? It's decimals and fractions. Everybody's scared of decimals uh, and fractions. Okay. So he went back to his church and he said, okay, I'm going to ask you not to be mentors for the 12-week GED program. I'm going to ask you to be mentors for one week if you like decimals and fractions. If sixth grade math is cool with you, I wouldn't say yes, just for the <laughs> record. I'm, I'm not signing up. I, I got gotcha. you. But there are those people, man. That's second nature, right? And he said, I would like to ask you for 30 minutes on Monday, 30 minutes on Tuesday, 30 minutes on Wednesday of math week. Thursday, they had a luncheon. ra ra kick him in the knee. We're going to more or less give you the test so you know what's coming. And Friday, Correct. they would take the test. Group number one, 100% graduation rate. Wow. Group number two. 100% graduation rate. That's number incredible. Number three, 93% graduation rate. You know, he was told in that beginning by people, it's just the clientele of people. They don't mm-hmm. want to succeed. Yeah. No, have we put the things in place so that success might be possible? Well, we came and learned that we had a pretty bad rate in White County, Arkansas, frankly. And we started asking questions. When are people dropping out? Week four. Oh, so math. J-
0: the, the, yeah the whole math thing is math is not a human nature type of course uh, correct it just isn't correct i that that's the that's what i struggled with all the way through my you know uh, career you know whether it was in grade school junior high high school or you know you know post high school stuff i mean math challenged me and i took high grade math i took calc and some other things i'm just telling you it was rough every that's where i spent all my time studying well and you look
1: at our campus we got a campus full of people that love math they're in the building next door to me it's not me i'm not signing up to do the math all <laughs> right but they're they're next door and to say to them hey can i introduce you to a mom who's trying to get her ged who's killing it working as hard as she can I and mean, guess what's the hold up math mm-hmm. you know and she's And we walked with a specific mom, you know, through that. And to watch a college student who engaged with that mom, did the tutoring, man, we had the celebration of celebration when she passed the math section. And and now she thinks she can do a whole lot else. And I think she can. And I think we're going to see her um, take the next steps educationally because she's more than able, but she was living educationally, what I refer to as a resource desert. You know, we like to say you got to teach a man to fish, and I always kind of chuckle. That's great. That is a beautiful idea, if they have the resources to fish. Yeah, but when you live yeah. in a resource desert, we just wasted both of our times. Um, so, trying as an institution at Harding to say how can we resource with the re- we we have a lot of resources and we have a lot of really great resources, and I would say the greatest resource we have is our people. Um, From our students, to our faculty, to our staff, and what does it look like when an institution, as Michael Lindsay says, what does it look like when the biggest institution actually leans in and cares? Gotcha. And we got a ways to go, but uh, I think there's exciting times in front of us uh, in trying to just help and be a better neighbor in our community. Okay, so uh,
0: this whole GED thing, what are some other things that you've learned uh, from the community, from listening, where the community needs your assistance?
1: Well, we have 413 nonprofits in White County, Arkansas. It's a lot. That's a lot, and that's a lot who need help. Um, usually, you find nonprofits, and they're very passionate about the lane that they're in. Many of them struggled to communicate that passion. Mm-hmm. Many of them struggled to let people see that there's a place that they can come help serve them. Right, and so looking again at Harding and looking at the way in which we could help those nonprofits, not Do their job for them, but say, you know, we have a really big uh, opportunity here in front of us. What would it look like for you to come and us work together? How can we help you? Is it a messaging thing? Social media. You start talking about students, let them play with social media. It's pretty crazy. Um, Or another one that uh, was a pretty cool one in last semester is working with our local housing authority. You know, we put students and faculty into the equation. Of the local housing authority, as they're looking to build some new things, and I don't know if you've seen uh, like the new Jacksonville housing authority. It's a neighborhood. It's most people hear housing authority and you think one thing. The reality is today looks very different, and it's serving that mom who is working so hard to get her GED and working so hard to take that next step. But it needs housing is a big deal, and so here's students walking in to the local housing authority and meeting with the officials to see what's possible. What students are fantastic at is studying other places. There's other places in our country doing some great stuff. Let's go learn from that. Uh, and so students' engagement, we have uh, Sparrows Promise in Searcy, which is well, it used to be Searcy Children's Home. The way they're serving our community, uh, one of the things, they completely remodeled their facility so they could be a family visit center uh, in partnership with DCFS, which has been a great door open in so many different ways. Well, it was a st- student group led by Professor Amy Cox, who completely did the remodel of that facility based on knowledge and information from a lot of different places in interior design. So you can walk through there today, it's a completely different place. Well, that was students using their academic field for the greater good. And now those students can graduate and go anywhere in the country and point back and say, you know, I was a part of that in a community. I would argue Every community in our country needs a family visit center. We Mm -hmm. need to see more kids going home to their parents. Oh, yeah. And so they've got to resource that in a way. And taking folks on their visits to McDonald's isn't helping anybody. What does it look like to have a facility that's intentionally designed to hopefully see more parents reunited with their kids? And that's the goal that was given to a group of students uh, in the Interior Design Department. And they jacked them. Not just a home run. They had a grand slam in my opinion. Uh so those are just some other ways in which um within our community we're trying to say how can we be of help? Okay, so I'm going to assume
0: that you are at the the top of the list here in this particular area, correct? It is it, we I am in the office of community connection. Okay. Yes. So let's let's talk about that. How did you get there? I mean what What possessed you you to want to
1: take that on? Getting in foster care, to be honest. Uh, Our family, a number of years ago, got into foster care and just started to see, come on, we can do better. Uh, And I tell folks I was actually in a meeting where the governor was there, and I heard him come in, and he does what a governor does, and he gave his speech, and then he left in his room full of people who were trying to figure out a problem and who acknowledged that in Arkansas we had some real issues. Okay, so we do. Um, so how walked, do we address those issues? Well, exactly. Well, and I walked out of the room frustrated, and my frustration was I had just sat through a meeting where everybody said that anybody could do all the good things that nobody did. Right? Nobody was pointing fingers. We were just right. I'm like okay, we just acknowledge we have the problems, but what are we going to do? And it was at that moment that I went back to Dr. McClarty, our president at Harding, and I said, I think we could have some interns this summer. Uh, and there'll be Harding interns working with the Restore Hope initiative that the governor had put together, led by Paul Chapman. I think we work with Paul and put some students into this, and really say, "Hey, what what can be done?" And do the research so that group of people comes back together. We can put some information in front of them, and say, All right, "Let's talk about doing this." You're talking about putting skin in the game. Let's put skin, and we did. And the students were unbelievable, and that kind of started us um, in this journey in that direction. Of okay. Well, we've learned one. I tell folks one of the biggest moments came. We took that group of students, the seven interns that summer, into the White County Detention Center. And they had some plans, and they had Pollyanna eyes about this could happen. And I'll Mm -hmm. never forget a prisoner who's probably in his 70s who was very kind but very direct and said, this is all great, but I don't need anything you've said. I need my license back. And they were like, he said, in Arkansas – I don't get my license back until all my fines are paid off and I owe the state $75,000.
0: Whoa.
1: i was like, wait a minute. You, he said, but they want me to get out of here and get a job, but I'm going to have my license until I pay all those fines back. Well, that doesn't work. That's kind of bad. Have I got, I mean, we don't live in a county with the greatest public transportation system. Yeah. How about not a public transportation system? All right. And so here the students were going, what, that, what, and then did some homework. It was true at the time now that has since legislation has passed and that has changed and now if you have gotten out and it wasn't a vehicular related um crime then you can get your license back uh that's a big deal now again how did that come about it came about because some students with some faculty showed up and started to listen and again when you listen you learn something and i'll never forget walking out of the jail that day and the students looking going that can't be true yeah well, well, it was true. And so then they learned the process of how would you change that. Um, and so that that's where it started for myself. And uh, just knowing we have a university led by our president, Dr. McClarty, who has said, let's see what it looks like for us to be a better neighbor.
0: All right. Andrew Baker, we appreciate you coming in. As and- far as uh, you know, parents are concerned or kids are looking at what university they want to go to, Sounds like a good reason to pick Harding over any other university. We would love to see him. All right. We appreciate you coming in. Thanks so much. Thank you. And thank you for the great work evidently you're doing and that the students at Harding University are doing as well. Appreciate your time. All right. We'll take a break. Uh, Robert Steinbach is going to check in with us. They've got a big meeting over at uh, uh, the uh, Bowen School of Law tonight about the Second Amendment. I'll tell you about that when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's uh, 10 minutes till 9 here at 101.1 FM, The Answer, home of the Rush Limbaugh Show, and 39 degrees. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.